Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. All right, guys, Mark Angelo is with me today. He's founder of Superhero Academy and a farmer at Valhalla Farms. He is a philanthropreneur, storyteller, and farmer. And I'm really excited to talk to him today. All of these uh, guests come to me at the exact moment I need them. And since we are all one big collective, hopefully it's the right timing for you as well. So welcome, Mark. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Where are you in the world? Montreal, born and raised and oh. uh, based, quarantining, all, all of the things, but Montreal is where, uh, where I'm located. Awesome. So I start every podcast with the same question, and that is what is happening in your world? How are you? What's going on? Tell me everything. <laughs> I don't know if you have enough time for everything, but <laughs> so I'll spare the details of everything, but I'll say uh, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You know, I think a lot of people show up on a podcast like this and they, they, you know, the, the answer is I'm doing great. Everything's going so awesome. And, um, and the truth is that not everything is going so awesome. A lot of things are going phenomenally well. And, uh, some things when it comes to, um, relationships, when it comes to the different dynamics that I have, when it comes to like fighting back the weeds on the farm, I mean, there's, there's work, there's work to be done. Uh, you know, I'm definitely processing, um, feeling good, you know, in, in many ways, in many categories, but just processing and, and really slowing down. You know, I think the, the, the beauty of what went down in, in the world, you know, come this spring, and I guess is now transitioning into the summer uh, further and further is, uh, I see it as almost this like amazing, great pause. And it's allowing us to reconsider what our old normal looked like and whether or not that's truly the normal I wanna kind of return to. And the truth is, I don't, I don't ever want to return to yesterday. I always want to move forward. I always want to thrive. I always want to do more than just sustain what I have today. Um, but I think this transition for me feels like radically different. And yeah. not that it's changing everything I'm doing. It's just changing the way I be within it. And I think that's, that's what's happening for me now. I couldn't agree more. It's a big, big time. I mean, I like everyone I talk to right now, I like to say no one's thriving. Um, like no one's thriving right now. Everybody is figuring out a new way to live and the transformations that I'm seeing happening, um, just in my friends and their relationships, ending, beginning, um, 
it feels to me like whatever's happening right now is like speeding up the inevitable almost. So especially in relationship, it's interesting you touched on that first because I have a lot of friends that are either breaking up, getting engaged, moving in together, ending really long-term relationships, moving out. Um, And it was all sort of inevitable. However, it's happening a lot faster because I think quarantine's bringing up a lot for people and reprioritizing. Um, And for me, that really means um, being at home. So I have a company where I travel all the time with my clients, with my work. I lead trips in Nepal and I sort of pride myself on being busy or like traveling or flights or whatever. Uh, And that entrepreneurial life. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And we we were just talking about offline and I'll turn my camera and show you at the end because I don't want it to mess up my whole recording situation, but I'm surrounded by plants right mm-hmm. now. And I was listening to your podcast interview, uh, a different interview of yours, and you were talking about the beauty and taking care of plants. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I, I'm a Gemini, I'm fast paced. I don't like to settle down. I want to be somewhere else all the time. Everything's too slow. And <laughs> this couldn't be a more transformative experience. I'm taking baths, and I'm taking care of my plants um, and doing a couple interviews and strategy calls and obviously like keeping my business going, but my priorities have just completely shifted. And then you came into my world. And so I want to talk a lot more about what it is you do um, and uh, the power behind the work that you do. I think it's really beautiful and I feel really new to it. Um, I recently moved to Santa Cruz from San Francisco and in San Francisco, I lived above a Whole Foods. <laughs> so, um, very different. Very different. When it comes to your, your, uh, your, your, your relationship with nature, I'll say that. Yes. So my relationship with food specifically has changed a lot. And I want to get into that. Um, now I get my food either from the local farm to table or, you know, the, the box that comes the CSA box and, um, and, or my farmer's market, which is on my street. Um, so my way of shopping has just totally changed. And I, I think that that might be true for a lot of people, uh, right now. So, but let's back up, um, enough about me. What is it that you do? What do you spend most of your time doing? I mentioned superhero Academy and the farm. Um, what's your, why, what's your mission? All the things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, just, just a simple question. (laughs) I mean, look, there, there's a lot of things, um, for me that, that have led to the journey that I've gone on and, and really the farm and superhero Academy and my mission and all the things that I've done in the world of online storytelling and marketing and, and entrepreneurship over the last 13 years, um, has really been a journey and it really is a journey that for me, I see as a story. And, uh, you know, I know, uh, you and your audience surely are, are enthralled by the power of story. So that's what I do. I'm a storyteller. That's what I've been doing for years. I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 18 years old. And uh, as I was graduating from university and, and kind of realizing that that path led to nothing for me, it, or I don't want to say nothing, but it led to me discovering what I didn't want to do with my life. It mm-hmm. led to me understanding intimately who I didn't want to be surrounded by. Uh, I decided to not let schooling get in the way of my education. I decided I was going to watch a documentary a week every single week for 52 weeks straight. That ended up being a very difficult uh, year. It actually turned into eight and a half years of watching documentaries, audiobooks, uh, TED Talks. I mean, it, it expanded, but educational content, essentially. 
And I just learned too much about the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And I say too much very you know, purposefully because it's to absorb an enormous amount of information, particularly in the medium of which the internet runs and stories online are told is much of these documentaries spent 90 to 95% of the time saying there's a problem mm-hmm. and essentially alerting and, and you know, sounding the alarms and the horns. And at the exact same time, there was very little time that was spent talking about the solutions and, and really embodying those solutions. And it's not to say that, you know, I, I expect every documentary to do that. Um, you know, it's difficult. Not, not all of these solutions are, are easy. They're not, they're not quick fixes, right? There are so many layers to the challenges that our world is facing. Uh, but it made me incredibly depressed. Uh, and in that depression, I, I decided that I was either going to die, and I mean that quite literally, um, or I was going to live. And I was going to go walk out into the middle of a GMO corn and soya field and plant a tree and declare that I was going to build the community I could have wish I wish I could have grew up in and the school I wish I could have gone to. And that's exactly what Valhalla and Superior Academy is. It is the conversation between what does it look like for me, rather than pointing a finger and saying this is the problem they did it na 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 right and creating the politics of one side versus the other. What does it look like if I just pick up the, the shovel and the pickaxe and, uh, and, and, you know, my feet from dragging on the floor and, and find a way to just live an empowering lifestyle? And so my why is around kind of the word freedom. And I actually like to refer to it as freedom culture, which is to empower and encourage all individuals to spread their unique gifts to the world. And that starts with me. And that unique gift that I have is, or, you know, the, those unique gifts, I, I refer to them as superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the superpowers that I saw in so many others was not being tapped into fully and, and potential. And that, that potential was there, but it was just not in motion. It was just me- missing a couple of key ingredients, maybe somebody who believed in them or a mentor or whatever it was. And, and I just became that person. I just became really, really, really good at doing that for others and because people were really good at doing it for me. And, and so, you know, 13 years later, what that looks like is it's, transformed a, a eco-village, the, you know, farm that is turning into a community, uh, a community of 150 people is the ideal dream um, for many reasons around something called Dunbar's number and a bunch of stuff, which I won't get into. But the idea is, what would it look like to build that community? Like, what would it entail? Who would, it, who, who would live there? What would we do? And how, what does being free or empowered or self-empowered, or I would even use that, you know, back in the day, the word sustainable look like? Mm-hmm. And and over time, that story of sustainability and the kind of the movement and where that came from, which for me was kind of very anger driven at the beginning, kind of evolved into what does it look like to thrive? I mean, what does it look like to solve real challenges in the world through the lens of community and through the lens of connection? It's not to mean that we're not going to have challenges. It's not to mean that we're going to say uh, and raise our middle finger to the, to the rest of the system. It's more so to say, what does it look like if we were to build that system and take responsibility for the challenges? And, and that's difficult to do. It's very difficult to do when you're in the middle of a GMO corn and soil field where there's no um, city sewers or city water. There's no kitchen. There's no bathroom. And we have no power. We, have, we had literally nothing to start. And it transformed into a kind of a permaculture paradise. Now, permaculture means um, it's like it's like growing a farm or growing food um, and plants. It's more than food, it's plants in a way that mimics nature. It's a form of biomimicry uh, as a term, right? And so 
if a forest would grow in this way, then what would it look like if we were to farm in that way and have rather than, mm. you know, cornrows, can we have real, you know, a diversity and bring in the healthy biology that is needed for an entire ecosystem to thrive? And my- Quite the undertaking. Oh, yeah. I, I knew nothing <laughs> about any of this. I never even heard the word permaculture. I never heard of earth ships. I never built an ecological building, installed the solar panel, built anything of any kind uh, physically in that way. And, and I had never farmed. I didn't know pre, prior experience to such. I mean, I had learned a little bit about it. My, my no and my, my grandparents essentially were, were definitely amazing farmers. And I definitely learned mm. some things, I guess, but I never really did it. They were, I was too young and I was too uninterested for most of my, um, you know, my teenage years or whatever it was too. Right. So the idea of building an ecosystem is such a wild, interesting endeavor. And, and it's the hardest endeavor I've ever taken on in my life from a entrepreneurial perspective. I mean, there is no money. In I was farms. just going to say, yeah, yeah. it is so difficult. Like, and when I mean by no money, it's like, it's like negative money mm-hmm. when you're starting a farm because you need the equipment. And even if, you know, that fruit tree they planted, for example, we only got a, a, like the first apple off of it last year. You know what I mean? Like, like we only really got the first real fruits from this, from these fruit trees many, many, many years, you know, later. So this, this project started in 2012. Here we are in 2020. Now I'm starting to see the elements of what I was doing as well as many others who had joined me and volunteered and, and progressed through the entire movement of this all, uh, the fruits of our labor, quite literally. And and so as I kind of went further and further down the rabbit hole of what does it take to build a community? What does it take to build a farm? What does it take to build an eco-village? What does it take to be, build an ecological home? What does it take to build a community center? Um, one of the things I, I learned about the world when it comes to some, most eco-villages and most of them that survive is number one, they're all very far. They're all like three hours away from a major city or mm. some boonies or in the country somewhere. That's beautiful, but that's not quite practical for the freedom culture at least I want to live and that I would like to see transgress into the city, right? I want to, I want to see the transformation happen in the city center, not just in the boonies. Totally. And the, the truth that came forward for me <clears throat> um, and that I started to learn is that most of these eco-villages would thrive off education. They would actually make more money teaching permaculture than they would doing permaculture. And, uh, and so that was my cue to start building the school I wish I could have gone to physically, you know, mm. digitally. And that's where Superhero Academy was born. And, and Superhero Academy was, is a school designed um, to align people's income and impact. It's really designed to be a mentorship like, you know, flow through what it takes to be an entrepreneur. It's, it's yeah, just- it's not just uh, having to do with farming at all. I was looking no, not at all. A lot of the courses, and you have social media stuff on there, marketing stuff even on there, helping Facebook ads. I, I teach people how to build a website. I, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's all very cool. to online digital entrepreneurship and no and nomadism of sorts. Because right. I knew, I knew that if somebody were to really be able to join the community, they'd have to be self empowered in some way, shape, or form. And they don't have to like they could have a nine to five and then come back and and you know come bring in time and energy, but that's not really embodying the level of freedom culture I knew we could, we could create. And so I decided I would leave a trail of breadcrumbs from my own experience and the experience of other teachers, turn it into eventually a multi-teacher online school. It started as a live, you know, done Mm -hmm. on a webinar jam eight session thing, but it moved into more and more of a school and an entire brand. And 
And it just resonated. Everything that we did somehow just resonated. I was just capable with the support of so many other geniuses and creatives yeah. uh, to essentially tell a story that that got us crowdfunding dollars when it came to the farm and brought th- literally thousands of people to our farm. In certain certain moments, I would show up on a Saturday. There was 200 like people who just showed up with no invite. Like there's no, it was just people just showed up. And, and it was, it was this, it's a movement. It really mm-hmm. is. A movement. And, and I think that movement is, is beating in your heart right now when you, when you experience a taste of it, right? Mm. As you were talking about with the plants, when you experience the smallest taste of what it's like to really be connected to nature in a very different way than maybe we were grown up to, to, or socialized to do. Yeah. I mean, also for me with, I, you, you touched on so many things and I, I made so many notes here that I want to come back to, but just going off of that, I think for me, it was, we don't like what we don't know. And for me with the plants specifically, I'm like, oh, I don't have a green thumb or like, oh, I'm not a gardener. I don't have patience or whatever, but I had never actually planted anything. (laughs) And I think so many of us, you know, really rely consciously or not on experiences. And until you experience like a seed that you planted creating mint, like for me, I put mint in my, in my sparkling water. And that is so cool that like the mint is growing on my porch and like putting that together and actually experiencing it is a whole nother thing. And now when I'm like riding my bike through these community gardens and these community farms in the neighborhood, I'm like, oh my God, this is so exciting. What are they growing? And out by the coast, it's these artichoke fields. And I'm like more excited and feel more connected to it because I've experienced it in my apartment. And I like care about these plants and I'm like, you know, I'm wondering like, are they happier here or here? I'm going to try indirect. I'm going to try direct and really listen to them. And, um, I moved my palm tree from my office into my living room and it's like so much happier because I think I'm in it and I don't spend a lot of time at my office. So it's just, you know, the, like you said, like a small experience of it, like anybody can have, anybody can have, I was listening to your podcast, like a basil plant on your windowsill. Um, and just getting to experience taking care of that it's alive and it's, it's big, it's profound witnessing magic. Yeah. That's what it feels like truly. So I want to go back though, because I had a really similar experience to you with the documentary type stuff. So I, my background's in film and communications, and I always wanted to make documentaries and obviously I have a marketing agency now, so that's not what I do now, but storytelling, (laughs) storytelling. So I'm a storyteller as well. To me, marketing is just good storytelling. Um, visual storytelling is why I got into film and Mm -hmm. got, really into the documentary scene. And I would go to all of these festivals, these green events, and it was so depressing. There were zero calls to action. And I'm like, you've got my attention. You have me. What do you want me to do? Like a lot of these uh, ones about going vegan or uh, plastic paradise was one that I saw that was like the most depressing thing. Cause I'm like in love with the ocean. And um, it was so depressing. I like stopped watching them because I'm like, nobody is giving me a call to action. So how did you 
overcome that to get to solution-based thinking. Because I think for so many people, they're like, this is so dark and so depressing. I'm just going to block it out. And versus what is a solution-based way to think about this? And when it comes to marketing, I'm always like, what's the call to action? What's the call to action? What do you want me to do? How can I help? And so that's something that's really ingrained in me, but it started from these documentaries. Like this is fucked up. Like I'm here, you have my attention. I want to help. And you're not giving me a single thing to do except making me feel depressed. So what was that moment that sort of switched for you into like, let's think about this in terms of solutions? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, beyond just the moment of like, there's only so much abuse and self-abuse you can take by watching so many of these, yeah. um, which I think is more the obvious answer. Uh, I think the subconscious answer is that when I became an entrepreneur at 18, what that meant is I became uh, somebody who takes responsibility. Mm. And I, I, as an entrepreneur, there's a million things that go wrong. There's so many things that an employee or somebody else you hired, blah, 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 the market, all of a sudden you, you know, the business just disappeared because some big thing happened in the marketplace, right? Like what like so many are experiencing right now. And the truth is that none of that matters none of it matters to the, to the result that you have at the end of the day. Like you can complain about it. You can talk about it. You can go to therapy about it. You can try and whine to your banker about it. You can try and get a this, that, and the other, none of it matters. Like 0% of it is going to be solved by you like sulking in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just decided I would take responsibility. I just believed enough in myself and my power that I can make a real difference. And I don't know what makes me believe that, but I definitely do. Um, I just know that I can, I can do something. I yeah. know that I'm not just here to consume and to, and to just be another boring blade of grass in a, in a, in a field full of grass. Like I, I <laughs> know that that's not who I'm not here to be that plant. I'm not right. here to be this part. That's not the part of the ecosystem that I play. And so I think I just, I recognize what part of the ecosystem I can be and, and I could just make that happen. What's and so impressive to me about that is the long-term, I guess, thinking that goes along with that because as a millennial entrepreneur, people want to see results and they want to see them now and they want to see them overnight. And so much of what you're talking about is, and I think so much of what we need more of is this long-term thinking. I know this is a crazy, silly example, but I'm a huge Hamilton fan. Mm -hmm. I watch it. I've seen it so many times. It's coming out on Disney plus tomorrow. And, <laughs> and I, yeah, it, FYI. Um, so we're recording this by the way, guys, uh, on July 2nd. And, um, so for me, when I, what I got from that, uh, was the long-term thinking was they were trying to make decisions that were going to affect the United States and the rest of, you know, generations. So much of the music and the song is about, you know, growing up and, and affecting future generations. And I just feel like we have lost so much of that way of thinking. Um, I think COVID has brought a lot of it back, like thinking about the future and setting ourselves up for a future that we want, you know, younger generations to experience. But it is such a, like the Amazon culture of like, I want it now. I want it faster. And I want to see the revenue and the change and the impact and whatever tomorrow and overnight. And what I think education, like you, you, you nailed on something really important is a big piece of that, but how do you see 
us getting more towards that way of thinking and what is sort of your advice or how do you, how are you patient and, and what does that sort of mindset feel like, you know, from somebody that's pretty impatient myself, like, I don't know if I could plant a tree in 2012 and, and sit there, not that you're just sitting there, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and how do we get more of that in our, in our back into our culture? Cause I think that piece is like everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, the simple answer or my first answer originally was we got to make sustainability sexy. It needs mm. to look cool and it needs to look fun. And it is cool, but it just doesn't look it. And, and so the storyline of it and the storyline of climate change, for example, is just broken. It's just, yeah. it's a bad storyline. It's, it's not helping. It's not going to achieve the movement that we need at all. It, it, it's, it's just not. I, I understand the power of having a villain in a story. I, I'm all about, I can dissect stories like there's no tomorrow, okay? But the idea of trying to constantly play upon the, the villain that is in front of you or deal with only the villain that, that you, you're experiencing in any one moment, which is like, I'm hungry, I need to eat, mm. is, is everything wrong with, it's everything that, that, it's why these documentaries are being made. It's why the problems are here. And, and it's a symptom of, um, uh, the way we were brought up, it's a symptom of so many, many, many forces and layers that are almost impossible to deprogram. But I just don't see a lot of examples and mentors that are really teaching people how to do things for real. Mm. I really believe that the answer is mentorship. Be the easiest way to have a long-term view is to speak to somebody who's twice your age. That's the easiest way because when I was like speaking to an entrepreneur and I could see them burnt out and I'm like, okay, you're successful. You have a lot of money, but you're burnt out. So do I want to be you? <laughs> like, because this is the path I'm going to be on. Right. And at some point in my, in my career, I, I realized I can retire in at 35 and mm. I'm, 30, I'm about to turn 32 in August. Right. By the time this is out, I'm 32, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the idea Happy of birthday. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. By the way, you are a Leo. You are, I'm, I'm, an, I'm aware. <laughs> you are a full on Leo through and One, through. 100% in every, That's hilarious. In every, I, yeah. I was already thinking, I'm like, it's Aries or Leo. It's one of the two. Oh, absolutely. Leo. But um, I mean, the, the idea, you know, for me is that mentorship gives you foresight. Um, and it, what it does is it reminds you of the whispers of the past and, and your ancestors and all the things that you're building and the fact that this mic exists and that I can speak through this technology and it's, whoever's listening to this can be connected from wherever they are in the world. We are standing on the shoulders of giants and there's so much that has gone right in our world. There are so many amazing, incredible, magical things, inventions, moments, you know, there's so much magic. And so why am I going to believe in a world that's less magic? Why am I going to, why am I going to subscribe to, I have to work nine to five to achieve something? Why am I going to subscribe to the story of what other people view as success? And when you really start to question that, when you start to ask yourself, is this me or is this programmed in me? You know what I mean? Like, is this, is this really the way I want to live? And, and, and if, I, if not, then what would that look like? And if I were to tell you that the best piece of advice for you to be rich by the time you retire is that you start investing today, that's the answer. Mm -hmm. It is the truth of all truth. It, it, uh, uh, to buy a fruit, you know, this year, I'll give you an example. We planted like 30 fruit trees this year, okay? And it's every year we plant more, but this year we planted a ton. I paid, what, 20 bucks, let's say, 
to plant one of those fruit trees. Now it's a one or two year old fruit tree. Again, in eight years, only in seven, eight years will I have the fruit from that tree. And in mm. the meantime, I'm going to have to do all kinds of work to make sure that it thrives in that ecosystem. And eventually I, I'll have less work to do, right? But the, the idea of that is it will never be cheaper than right now. There is nothing you can invest in right now that literally grows for you. Mm. It literally, it's like we talk about passive revenue, but we, but we ignore the ultimate <laughs> passive revenue. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's not just in plants. It's in, it's in all kinds of things that we do value, like real estate and, and, and even in, you know, investing in the stock market, if that's what you want to do. If you invested in the stock market at 18, okay, and you just put it in, in, in you know, some uh, index fund and just let it grow and let it grow because that's the way the stock market works. And it's because it's not because it, it's actually not really growing. It's just keeping up because the way our fundamental system of incentives works is broken. And what I mean by that is money is broken. The way that money works and the way that money is created is broken. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of it. You can Google fractional reserve banking if you want to, but it's a broken story where there's more debt than there is money. And I'm just, I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to a world where everything needs to be scarce, where I have to beat you to win. And because winning for me can just look like my own personal journey and my own personal way of going about things. And, and I just decided to unsubscribe to the nonsense that I was taught and re look at what my life would look like if I were to kind of like, what could I do to micro subscribe? Like what are the micro mm. details of my life? Like, do I use this toothpaste or that toothpaste? Like that, even to that level. And when you really start to look at every little decision, you know, you are uh, an agglomeration of all the small decisions that you make, right? You are the, the tiny actions that you take in every single moment and every single second that make up the moments that are your life. And I just knew that there was something incredibly fun and exciting about participating in something on a scale that is almost irreplicable. You know what I mean? Like I, there are, there will be thousands of people who want to be influencers and marketers online. There will be hundreds of millions of people who want to be digital nomads and all the things, but man, it is so something else when, when you meet somebody who's 10, 20 years ahead of you and there's nothing you can do about it. That it is such an impactful feeling to understand the beauty of what is irreplaceable, right? And, and to just experience that. And, and it's an art. Yeah. It's an art. I think that mentorship is a big conversation. And I think this will probably be airing right after the episode that's called The Power of Mentorship. So I recently got back in touch with one of my first mentors and we just had the most beautiful conversation. We recorded it yesterday and it's really been on my mind a lot. And I'm really lucky. I feel like I really lean on the mentors in my life and I understood from an early age how important that was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we're in this culture of investing and seeing immediate results and mentors too. I have, you know, executive coaches, business coaches, and then I just have mentors that have been in my life for a long time and they'll answer the phone whenever I call. And that's an investment, investing in relationships and investing your money in their time, you know? And I think that you really touched on something really important and it's learning from our ancestors. You know, I have a, an interview here with Deborah Silverman. Everybody on my podcast knows who she is. She's a um, famous astrologer and a dear friend, and she is a huge mentor 
of mine, we also have really similar astrology charts. So like you said, I can see if I make these decisions and if I continue to act this way and, and surround myself with this kind of people and tap into my spirituality in this way, what that my future, you can literally see your future. And, you know, my dad, for example, is a huge mentor of mine. I get a lot of my stress from him. I'm wound pretty tight and he had a heart attack pretty young, you know, and thank, thankfully he was healthy enough. Um, but I could also see that trajectory. And it's like, you can literally look at, it's so funny. I've been thinking, um, I've been watching a lot of kids lately and I'm thinking, when you're a kid, adults seem so like foreign and I'm 32. We're the same age. I just turned 32 and I'm looking at kids. Like, I feel like that was yesterday. You know, I feel like I have so much to offer them and could offer them. And like, if only I knew at that age, la la la. But when you're a kid looking to an adult or looking to somebody older, it seems like an alien. It seems so, but now that I'm an adult and I'm looking back at the generations and forward, I'm like, man, they have so much to teach me. I can learn so much. And the most I learn from is my, my dad, my husband's dad. I'm so lucky to have him in my life because what a breath of fresh air he is. And then these mentors that I pay a lot of money (laughs) for Mm -hmm. them to basically tell me what to do. And I just think that there's nothing like you said, that can replace that kind of knowledge and experience life experience. You know, I read a quote once or I think it might even be my mother-in-law or somebody said, um, I don't trust anyone under 40 because <laughs> they just like <laughs> haven't lived enough to like really get it. And as I'm like getting into my thirties, I'm really starting to understand what that means. And I just think that that's a very powerful point. Um, the next point that I want to make and sort of talk to is your mindset. It's something I come back to on every episode. Uh, it's to me like your mind, everything is in your mind and you have such an interesting mindset. Um, you're quite young to be, I think this involved and this, um, wise when it comes to climate change and just sort of what's really happening in the world in a non-political way (laughs) and just like a moralistic, ethical, like approachable way. Um, so what, you know, what goes into your mindset every day? Like what kind of work have you done? Do you have a spiritual practice? Do you have, um, you know, a a specific practice, um, to get into this sort of mindset that you have, because it's super optimistic. Um, it's charming, you know, you're a storyteller, all of these things that are like, as a marketer, I can never take that hat off. It's like recipe for success. Um, and it's all in your mindset. So what are some of your secrets or tools or things that you sort of tap into, to get into a place ready to attack an issue that could feel to some too big? Yeah. Not just to some, I think to everyone, but the, yeah, <laughs> to me specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone to everyone. It's, it's, they're, they're massive. Right. Um, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I love that somehow I, uh, show up as an optimistic person. I love how somehow in your view and, and just listening to a couple podcasts and connecting with me now, uh, that you see, you know, some level of wisdom in anything that I'm doing. Um, you know, as I learned about storytelling online and, you know, I ran two marketing agencies, one a web design and development firm, another a social media marketing agency that literally, you know, published content and, and spread content for the biggest brands that you can, some of the biggest storytellers in the world, some of the biggest brands and, and a bunch of movements that you've heard of. Um, and, 
you know, I, I tell people this all the time. It boils down to like, it boils down to being like, I'm, I'm, I'm a farmer in every through and through. Mm-hmm. And my mindset is that online, I'm a mean farmer and in person, I'm a, I'm a plant farmer. And that mindset goes back to this idea of, of long-term thinking. Mm-hmm. I just somewhere, somehow decided that long-term thinking was the, the fastest way quite literally, to be rich, to be self-empowered, to do all the things that digital nomads want to do, essentially, that the millennial generation, all of which I'm a part of, want to do. That this was actually just the, the fastest way. But it doesn't look like that. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't give you the, the feedback loop that we are so addicted to that social media and some of these things do. And, and guess what? I had the balance of both of those things, right? None of this is possible without like, I'm not on this podcast if I didn't document my journey. Mm. And so there's a interesting mix between my, my love or my kind of like obsession with long-term thinking and then my love for nostalgia. Such a balance. And it's, but that nostalgic feeling brings the, the future, like the, sorry, the past into my present and paints it into my future. That combination of nostalgia that like I love more than anything, a good story, a good memory that I can tell or a picture or video or, or, or whatever. And, and, you know, yes, I see the, the capacity for it to have massive impact on my business. If I'm a bigger influencer, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Great. I get it. I know how to do it. I can, I can break it down to a science and I have for myself and for others. I mean, we're reaching millions of people online but none of it feels nearly as satisfying as growing the mint on my windowsill, for example, like you're doing or whatever, right? So true. Just 0% of it feels that level of satisfying. And it, and you can think, it will feel satisfying for a second, but then the next second you're like, yeah, but I'm not as good as like Sam Colder in his videos, or I'm not as cool as Casey Neistat on YouTube, or I'm, I wish like I had the hustle of Gary Vee or whatever it is. And you're, you're just living a life of comparison. Mm-hmm. You're just living a life where you are thieving yourself of joy by, li- by, by, by taking on this short-term mentality over and over and over again and not having reverence for the people who are behind you, the people who are next to you, and the people who are in front of you. And that's both in history, but also in in their life journey and their path. And by just scaling gratitude, scaling being kind and, and learning about the world and being curious and asking questions rather than trying to always have answers and and by documenting the journey and realizing and admitting your mistakes. And I've made so many mistakes. I've made more mistakes that made Valhalla and, and our farm bigger than things that I've done right, period. And mm. the same is true in entrepreneurship. And that is, that's beautiful. And it, and, and it, yes, you can chalk it up to like, yeah, you know what you got to do to really get a good story online and build a presence and brand? You got to be authentic. You can't pretend to be authentic. You are just authentic or you are not. And so many people are just engineering something mm-hmm. that isn't quite real. It's kind of built on a, on a, on a, you know, in, 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 the, in, in a fables context, it's like a straw home or, or a wood home, but I choose to build the brick home. And so everything I learned as a child, every nursery rhyme of, you know, of, of be that person, like every Winnie the Pooh that I ever saw or, or Barney or Elmo or whatever, like they all embodied 
exactly who I want to be in so many ways, right? And and you take these little pieces of of all of these stories and you and you kind of throw them into your own story and and you boil down to one core thing. What do you identify as? Mm. Who you identify as, what you call yourself, what you say about yourself, the way you treat yourself in the mirror and in any context, how you identify is the only limitation to your success and your life. It's the only thing that is stopping you from doing anything you want to do. And I know that sounds privileged. And I know that I'm sitting here at the top of, you know, my own version of like my dream life. And, and it's easy to forget that it wasn't always easy to get here. Not everyone has that opportunity. But I truly believe that if somebody is to get that opportunity, even if it's going to come in generations, even if I'm to give that opportunity to my future generations, it's going to come with that mindset. Mm. And it's, and it's it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's an important point. And I say this, I, I have a talk that I give called marketing your Dharma and I might actually change the name of this podcast, marketing your Dharma with Chris Dharma. So by the time this comes out, that might be the name of the podcast, but, um, I talk about the privilege and if you have the privilege to be in these kinds of positions, then we actually have a responsibility to use it. And I don't take that responsibility lightly. And I think, I have said time and time again, and for a long time, I actually struggled with my privilege and thinking about and feeling the guilt. And I have a friend that's a first generation here. Um, You know, both parents worked. He was, you know, cooking mac and cheese at, you know, at eight years old when, you know, I couldn't even boil water until I was like 17, you know, (laughs) and um, just, I was so, you know, so held as a child. And he told me that he said, once your, your uh, white guilt is not charming. (laughs) So, (laughs) and he said, you got to stop being so hard on yourself about it. And just like, understand that you have a responsibility to do something with it. And, and I talk to that all the time. And I think that that's a really beautiful point that you make. Like we get handed this opportunity and the privilege comes with a mindset as well. Um, well the privilege comes with like literally my grandparents, you know, moved here with my parents, you know, my, so I'm a first generation born here, let's say. Yeah. In a way. And at the end of the day, they moved here with no money, no nothing post-war from Italy, which was decimated in every way, shape or form. And, and their lives were decimated in every way, shape, or form. And the first thing they did is they, they found land and they started farming. And they planted And they things. made, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They empowered themselves and they realized what sacrifice looked and felt like. They realized what it, look, what it could look and feel like if you were to plant the grapes today that would make the wine tomorrow. And they can bask in all of that. And that is so, oh, it's so juicy. It's so... I don't, I don't know how people aren't attracted to that. Like I don't yeah. see. Well, when you put it the way that you put it, you know, like, and I think that is uh, so many things come back to on this podcast, authenticity, real authenticity, intention, um, and education. And I think the way that you talk about it, it's like, I had an amazing history teacher once and he was so passionate about what he was teaching, that it made us care. I like to think that I'm that way about marketing. I like to think I'm that passionate when I go on other people's podcasts. You know, I, I also do the podcast circuit. I do both sides of this game and it's so fun um, to sit on both sides of the table. And I like to think that my passion comes through the same way that your passion comes through now when you're talking about this. And, and that's what makes a difference. And it's the education. So I'm so glad that you have 
this educational platform that you created along with it, because I think when somebody is so excited and really, truly living their Dharma, which it's so clear to me, you are, um, it's your, what you're here to do. And it's like a flow state, you know, you're not even going to remember what you said on this podcast. You're blacked out. You're in the flow. Um, it, the time doesn't matter when you're talking, when you're working and when you can teach from that place, I think that there's an opportunity there for real transformation to occur. And like, I love doing this podcast because I find people like you that I want to learn from and that I want my audience to learn from because it's exciting. It's passionate. If you could see him the way I'm seeing him, I do my podcast video, even though you guys are just listening and his arms are in the air and he's throwing his arms and, you know, he's so into what he's talking about. And, um, that is the authenticity that I'm looking for. That is the excitement to the degree about what you're doing. And I say this all the time. It doesn't have to be tackling something like what you're doing. I use the example all the time of when I got married, the lady who did my spray tan had this level of passion from the moment I walked into the door, the sense, the way she took care of me, the homemade sprays that she made, the way the place was taken care of, the follow-up email I received afterwards. I mean, it was the most amazing experience. I was so held and this was her passion and this is what she's here to do. And I think that what you're here to do is so special is so big and so needed right now. And I am learning a lot just from the way that you think um, about the future. Because for me, it's always like, what can I do right now? Da, 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 da. And the fact that my microgreens were going to take seven to 10 days before I could even see a sprout, I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and, and I'm looking on the packages at Home Depot or at the farmer's market, they sell little seeds. And it mm-hmm. says how long it takes to like, until and I'm looking for the ones that are like less amount of time because I'm so impatient. So I think that there's for now. For, for now. now. Yeah. And I think that there's something about that, you know, when I come home and I'm like, holy shit, I've moved my plants now into bigger pots. And from when they started, when I just got them in time. And I think that is like a bigger theme right now, especially in quarantine and in my life, is time is so healing and so precious and so sacred. And when you just literally water them, sit them in the sun and let time pass and like give them love, it's like this amazing return of energy that these plants and this, this ecosystem gives back to you. And you're doing something for future generations and to be able to teach my kids like that much younger, you know, we had, uh, landscapers. Mm -hmm growing up. So I was never like out there or my dad was like on the weekend swearing, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and most dads, you know, even my, oh, my, my husband's dad now is like, you know, this. out there planning shit on the weekends. Rah, rah, rah. So it's like the mindset, the education, so much of what you're doing and how it all flows together is really beautiful to sort of wrap up. I think, you know, it can seem really, I want to just talk to those micro sort of details that you were talking about a little bit more uh, more from the toothpaste and things like that. Because I think one thing that I really appreciate is it gives you a lot more control. It can feel like this is so big, but when you make these changes just within yourself and then that affects other people. And I, I got this idea because my friend is doing these raised beds and outside of her house and she doesn't have a lot of space. And I'm like, Oh, I can do that. And it's just, you know, then it's this trickle effect. So 
what is sort of your greatest advice if you are, you know, listening to this, you're living in an apartment, you don't live close to, uh, or walking distance or with COVID your farmer's market is canceled or whatever. Um, what is your biggest piece of advice if somebody's listening and they feel something and they're like, okay, I want to start, you know, yeah. investing in my future, um, yeah. specifically around farming, what would the first step be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my answer is the same, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it in two, two ways that I think will lend. Um, also for the entrepreneurs who are listening to this, the first thing I'll say is how you do anything is how you do everything. Period. Again, you can deny that, uh, or you can take responsibility for that. And to me being an entrepreneur and an adult, uh, is to take responsibility again for your results. And so for me, the smallest little details matter. And that was, that's what scales on marketing. You want to talk about the number one marketing technique in the planet? A DM. Period. Nothing else compares. <laughs> and and you want to so even true. further than that? You want to go further than that? A like letter in the mail. And you want to go further than that? I come to you. You know what I mean? Like, like in-person interaction. Like there is nothing that will ever replace nature in our ability to receive the the beauty of that and attention and time is the greatest gift you can give anything and anyone including plants and so by giving attention we we really become the engineers of our reality because it's not enough for just us to intend it to think about it and and architect what we can create that's that's how one half of the equation but to give it attention to water the grass that you want to be green is the is the love that is that is necessary. It is the loving force that literally makes these plants grow. It's magic. It is absolute magic to watch plants grow in any way, shape, or form. And if you were to speed up time and watch it, I you know one of my favorite documentaries is Baraka and Samsara. It's these beautiful documentaries that show. I die. Yeah, Baraka. Yeah, it's uh, you have to. It, you literally have to watch it on mushrooms or something. And 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 I and, took a gummy. Yeah, there you go. That's a good And way. oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could watch it with fresh eyes again every day. Anyway, sorry to totally cut you off, but I'm oh, so it's, glad it's you brought life. that up because I recently watched both of them. Samsara yeah. for me was a lot. I was very sad afterwards. But it's meant to invoke a little bit of a different emotion. Yes, but Baraka, everybody stop what you're doing. B-A-R-A-K-A. Is that how it's spelled? B-A-R-A-K-A. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is there a C? I'm not sure. No, um, we, I think we I bought think it on comments. You know. Yeah, what we'll link it anyway. <laughs> stop what you're doing. Stop right now. Don't do anything else. You're welcome. Go watch it. Don't even tell us what it's about because I went in blind. And yeah, I it's life changing. The most impactful documentary you can ever watch. Um, and I yes. read more. Uh, and and that's that's a little. Yeah. <laughs> to those who have seen it. Yeah. Um, but the, the, um, so that's, that's the first thing I'll say is, you know, how you do everything is how you do anything. And, and then the other thing I'll say is rather than putting the weight of the world and I have to start and I have to do this little thing and I have to, nah, 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 two things I'll, I'll add to where you should start first, visit a farm. Totally. The farm this is the most obvious answer you know like you want to learn how to farm you want to be connected to plants just go 
find and see the passion of a farmer, right? And this is why we connect to so many influencers online. It's like, why do we love Gordon Ramsay and all of a sudden we're all into the food network? It's because of the passion, the, 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 the raw emotion that he's putting in his, his being is in that food, his being is in that, in that craft. And, and that's just irreplaceable again. And, but the, the other thing beyond, um, you know, just going and finding a mentor essentially is another way of saying visit a farm. Uh, is identify as the person who can make change. You know, like if you want to be, uh, you know, there's this amazing um, uh, writer, his name is uh, James Clear. And I think it, he wrote a book. I always forget the name of the book. It's The Power of Habits or something like that. But the, the yeah. idea of, it, it's all about habits and he, he studies habits in the most micro of ways. And, you know, he always says that the, the people who win the race are those who, who focus on being 1% better. That's it. Like that's it. The, the the difference between an Olympic swimmer winning and losing the race is that fast, and 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 so one percent is everything in this world. And if you look at nature, they all all the plants seem to grow at the same height and the same level, and they're all competing, but they're also collaborating at the exact same time. And that's what's so beautiful. And and it is this little little details that make everything different. And so if you want to be seen as a marathon a marathon runner, you want to be known as an entrepreneur, you want to be identified as a digital nomad or you want to be identified as a storyteller then the first thing you need to do you know let's say to be a storyteller is not that you have to write a book it's not that you have to have built a seven-figure business it's not that you have to create the new facebook ad funnel none of those things it's that every day you pick up a pen laptop and you tell a story Right. It'd be a phone it'd be an instagram story steven pressfield of you have you read the war of art of course, of course. yeah but the, but, <laughs> but the, but the, you know, I, I'll, I'll listen to those types of things while gardening, right? Like you can stack so much function while being out in nature. There's so much to do. Like, I don't have a gym pass. I just go farm. A farmer bot is like, I'm, and I'm not unfit. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to be way more fit when I put more time and energy into it, which is part of what I'm doing now, part of what I'm, I'm planning for my retirement as I'm getting to my retirement in three years. But the idea of, of, what that really looks and feels like is just, it's so empowering. It's so empowering if you're 1% better. And if you just stop trying to make everything happen right now, if you stop, like, like stop comparing yourself to somebody who's 10 years ahead of you or twice your age, or, you know, like you're not Tony Robbins. You're not going to be Tony Robbins tomorrow. You're, it, it requires so much dedication and effort, but it starts with an identity. It starts with, if I'm going to be a marathon runner, the first thing I need to do is measure. The only thing I need to measure is did I put on my running shoes today? Yeah. Because the second you do that, the next inconsistency, the, if, if you put on your running shoes and don't go running, now all of a sudden you're, there's an inconsistency and one of two things happens. You either go running and you fix the inconsistency, or you realize that maybe you don't want to be a marathon runner. It was just an idea and you can right. let it go. Right. But either way, you find liberation and freedom in both of those. And, and there's, there's, a, there's freedom in structure as well as there's freedom in letting go. And so I, I invite you to let go of the nonsense that you think you need. Oh, I want to write a book because I want to be an Amazon bestseller. No, 
You're not going to be an Amazon bestseller if you're not writing a book because you are passionate about every word you are going to put into that book. That's it. You can ghostwrite your way. You can growth hack your way. And I've done it for people. I know international bestsellers that are not international bestsellers, but on every magazine or on the whatever, they, we got them on the list, but everything is bought. Okay. And the, the world and the stories and the headlines that you're seeing, they're, 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 they're engineered. They're engineered yeah. for your attention. And so if you can move your attention away from the problem and into the solution, which is what the hell is all about, it's what my school is all about, it's what I'm all about personally, then the more you, you scale that solution in the smallest of ways, the more that over time you look back behind you and you're like, wow, there's hundreds of fruit trees here. Oh my God. So like, cool. like, and this year I'm building a house, like for the, you know, it was a, a barren land. We, we terraformed it. We added earth. We like, you know, like all kinds of stuff. I can't even go into all of it because you have to see it to believe it, to feel it essentially. Um, but to watch that progress or to see pictures I took four years ago or six years ago or day one, oh man, the documentation of that journey. And, and, and it's everything that like literally the biggest marketers on the planet will say, right? Like Gary V document everything. Yep. Content Period. is king. Man, this was such a cool interview. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like this is one of those interviews that people are going to go out and do something. And that's what I, that's the whole point here is to make people feel um, and hopefully act or at least, you know, become more aware because awareness is the first step. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much. So um, if you want to find uh, more about you, I have your websites. Is that probably the best place. Anybody who got all the way this far, the only thing I ask of you is, first of all, you know where the links are. But before before that, the smallest little detail, that 1% you can do for this podcast, you can go give it a rating. You can go find it and be like, look, I listen to this podcast all the time. I never rated it though. I never comment all the time. I never share. Go and do those things. Rate, comment, like, share, all that stuff. That's all I care about. You can find me. You know where to find me if you want to find me. Yeah, I'll put your website links and all the things in the. Yeah, and beyond that, I'll be at Valhalla. (laughs) We'll come visit you on the farm. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. It's so great to meet you. And, um, you know, giving us this amazing perspective and passion is is why I do what I do. So thank you for being here. And uh, yes, and until next time for everybody uh, listening, keep growing.